The Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast. In immersive sound design. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to this episode of Did I Ever Tell You the One About Podcasts. Did I ever tell you one about Big Daddy Kane? In this episode, Kane has seen the world experience more than he did on his blocks in Brooklyn and the five boroughs and talks about the making of his next album, It's a Big Daddy Thing. The year is 1989. I'm moving on with my career into my sophomore album, It's a Big Daddy Thing. Now with Long After Kane, I was able to discuss everything that I had seen in Brooklyn, you know, growing up. But now, this time around, I'm having the opportunity to discuss everything I've seen around the world because I've had a chance to travel. And I have you know like a understanding of east coast hip-hop west coast hip-hop realizing that i have a black fan base asian white latino not only teenagers but also adults male female so with this understanding i was able to actually do more it's a big daddy thing it was like i really wanted to make it real diverse one of the <laughs> first songs that we really tackled was smooth operator using the mary jane girl sample trying to create something you know real smooth and laid back but at the same time you know lyrical and i remember thinking like i wrote the lucy's rap thing you know from rick james and shantae so maybe rick will show me some love you know <laughs> i reached out to rick james and i was like hey man um i'm working on my new album and i want to use all night long from the mary jane girls you know um would you make sure that you know it gets approved? And Rick James, you know, his crazy ass. He's like, use any of them bitches shit. Use any of them bitches shit. I own it all. Go right ahead, Big Daddy Kane. Because I mean, um, if you it's up to me, I think you should use this in my house. It was a bigger hit. But use any of them bitches shit. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, um, I think I want to stick to um all night long. But, you know, Rick gave me the blessing, and that was really all I needed to get it going. And, I mean, I think it came out, you know, incredible. And to this day, it was uh, my biggest selling single. I make it real good, like Dr. Feel Good, to make sure that my point is understood. That when it comes to this, there's none greater. Sincerely yours, the smooth operator. Just sound so smooth. Sounds so smooth. Big Daddy Kane's DJ, DJ Mr. C. Kane doing those type of things back in 1990, 1990 was way before his time. Then here we go four years later and Biggie puts out Juicy and Mary and Meth does All I Need. Just four years later. And Puff kind of runs with the whole hip-hop, R&B mashup. You don't think Puff was influenced by what he saw Kane and Heavy D do? Uh, you know, I know everybody loves Ain't No Half-Stepping, but Smooth Operator was actually the biggest selling single. And then um, working on Warm It Up, thanks to my man Biz Marquis, i never forget getting that call from Cool V. Like, Cool V gave me a call, and he's laughing when I answer the phone. I'm like, what's up? 
and he can't even get the words out. And he like, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, Biz got this beat for you, man. I'm like, all right, what's so funny? He like, because it's really for him, but he said it's too goddamn fast, he can't keep up. He's like, just get that shit decayed, I can't use it. <laughs> so, um, cool, he called me and said Biz wanted me to use that beat, and I ended up using that beat for um, Warm It Up Kane. Cutmaster Cool V. I called Kane, I said, look, <laughs> I'm laughing, right? I said, yo, Kane, I got something for you, baby. <laughs> He said, what you got? I said, I got something for you. I said, but what I need, I need some words. So I said, listen, Kane, you take this. You give me the words for this. He said, all right, what you need, right? And he never heard the beat yet. So I said, I need, you know, three different scenarios, blah, 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 blah. Then Biz told me exactly what he wanted. And then I got that, got it to Kane. Kane got the words back to me. I gave it to Biz. We go record it. Now I give Kane the beat. So he said, yo, yo. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we going with this. The bounce on it in the bass line. Boom, 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 boom. I already knew he was going to destroy it. I knew it was his pocket. I said, listen, that's Kane right there. That ain't Biz. That's Kane. So he took that, gave it to Kane. So now I do the record for Biz. You know, and we use the kids from the shelter to do the hook. You know, it's a story behind that record that's in my book, DJ Kofi Never Sleeps. So we do that. We get the hook and everything. We get the record down. And Kane comes out. Woman up, Kane. Woman, I'm like this. I said, look, look, and you see who got the better of the deal, right? <laughs> the whole flat top rules in 89. Woman up, Kane. 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 And, you know, we put it together, and I think that it came out amazing. And then also working on Young, Gifted, and Black, which was actually a beat that Marley had played for me during the time of um, Long Live the Cane. He played this track for me, but the album was done. And i never forget when he played it, I took the disc and I hit it in one of Marley's other disc stashes. That's when the SP, you had to use the floppy disc. And I took the disc <laughs> and hit it somewhere um, in one of Marley's other floppy disc boxes. But I remembered where it was. And glad I did because um, when it came time, you know, when I wanted to use it, I reached out to Marley and um, I said, yo, um, what's up with that beat that you played? The -na 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 and he was like, yeah, I think um, I think Shan wanted to use that. So I was dead. But then a beat that I made at Marley House um, for a radio promo for me and Antoinette that we called Raw Attitude. Oh, yes. This is the way we're going to set it off for how I'm chilling. The groove gonna go a little something like this here, cause I'm the one to entertain that goes by the name of Big Daddy Kane. Also in the place to be, we got the girl known as Antoinette. Let me tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. The engineer all-star Marley Mall in the place to be. And to my man known as King B, as it goes a little something like this. I had made the beat, but Marley gave the beat to MC Shan for his album. So even though I really didn't care about the beat, I made this whole big stink about it. Like, yo, how you gonna get my beat away? So you owe me a beat then. I'm so you so so, so Shan owe me a beat. Shan owe me a beat then. He was like, all right, we work it out. I mean, what's the big deal? And I'm like, I know what beat I want. When I came to his house, I went right back to that spot and pulled that disc out. And he Marley sitting there like when he popped it in and saw what it was, he like, that's where my shit was all this time. I've been looking for this, but <laughs> Marley ended up giving it to me. And that's how we made Young, Gifted, and Black with the help of Minister Farrakhan in the intro. And, you know, then me and Marley just took it on home. Out of the mercy of Allah and the law written in our nature, 
we call an individual into existence. And when that individual comes, I make no apologies for what I'm about to say. Rough, rugged, and real, you're gonna stand still to obey your case, so let the man build. Words of rapture that you have to capture. And I just slapped ya with a handful of literature. This dope, deaf, fresh, hype, choice, smooth, and poor. Rappers I replace, rub out, and erase. Competition, you must be on freebase. Smoking or joking, bound to be broken. Now get your damn hands off the mic that I'm choking. But yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, the album was coming together. And I thank everyone else that was involved. You know, uh, Nice and Smooth, Prince Paul, such a great producer. You know, Easy Mo B, I believe if I'm correct, this is the first production that Easy Mo B had did with an outside artist working on another victory calling Mr. Welfare. Because I remember when he got the check um, for working on these songs, the first thing Mo B did was go out and buy his own um, SP-1200 and S950 or S900 Kai, you know? And those machines are the machines that recorded Flavor in Your Ear, the first Biggie album, Ready to Die, Lex Coach Beamers by Lost Boys, you know, the machines that he bought uh, back then in 89. But um, I believe that um, his first production was what he did on It's a Big Daddy Thing, you know? AB Money of the rap group Rap is fundamental. Kane was the cat that gave us the money to go in the studio to record our first single for AM Records. This had to be in 89 because Riff didn't come out until 1990. So that's how we got on and got a deal and got to doing our own music because Kane gave us an opportunity to go in the studio and start this. This is how I even got Easy Mo B to be able to produce the joints on Kane album was because my friendship with Kane, and I remember I had to beg Kane, almost beg him to get Easy Mo B because Marley Marv had him at the time. So he couldn't let anybody on the album. So I had to be at his door every day. Yo, let my man produce you, man. And that's how it all started with my partner Easy Mo B and I to be able, that's me singing on a lot of Kane records. I did joints with Kane, you know what I mean? And then I get the call from Benny Medina saying that he wants me to work with Teddy Riley. <laughs> and, you know, I was like a big fan of Teddy Riley. Only thing was um, I wasn't really crazy about the production that he did for Heavy D or the production that he did for Kumo cool D. You know, like, uh, wow, wow, Wes, how you like me now? You know, and stuff. And, um, but anyway, um, this is something that Benny Medina wanted to happen. So he arranged a meeting and, you know, uh, me, Benny, Teddy and Gene Griffin, we sat, we talked. Give me that shit you gave the guy and Bobby Brown. And Teddy was crying, laughing, like, you know, I right, yeah, not a problem, not a problem. I got you, you know. And I'll never forget that night, you know. I walked into Larrabee Studios on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, and Teddy was playing breakbeats, you know, because I'm like, you know, thinking New Jack Swing, okay, well, what's getting ready to happen here? And he was in there playing breakbeats. And Teddy threw on um, Catch a Groove. He was like, yo, you remember this? You know, the band, da 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 <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, catch a groove. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know that. I'm like, I used to DJ, you know, so I had pretty much all them ultimate breaks and bees, you know, yeah. And he was like, but have you ever heard this part? And then he went back to the beginning of the record and played the guitar with the flange. I'm like, nah. And Teddy was like, ah, ah, watch what I do to this. I'm about to flip this. So I'm like, all right. He, and like I got sat down and he was like, you know, like, I'm going to be here for a while. Enough said. So I bounced and went to 
to the movie theater um, over Universal and went, watched the movie, came back to Larrabee to my surprise. Teddy had made the beat before I get the job done. And I'm listening to it like, oh my goodness, this is murder right here. I'm like, yes, Ted, yes. Like, I mean, he, he did that. Hey, yo, Teddy. Yeah. I ran into that young lady Maria last night. Right. Must have been her husband's payday. Yeah. Because she bought me to see a brand new diamond link that you see me with on. Mm. See, you know what I'm saying? You know why? Why can't you? If I get the job done, I'll work. Honestly speaking, it seemed like he didn't give me the stuff that he gave Guy. It feel like he made something tailor-made for Big Daddy Kane. Because I was like, yeah, this is bananas, man. And I sat down and started writing, like trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And just recently, I had watched a stand-up from Red Fox um, called Video on a Brown Rapper. And Red Fox had um, told this joke right. about, it, about something about his lips. He said, he said um, black man with these thin-ass lips. And then he started like sticking his tongue out, you know, like he, you know, looking at a woman's breast, said, but they get the job done. And then he said, show me a husband who won't, I'll show you a neighbor who will. And that was it. Just from that joke from Red Fox, that's what basically made me think of the entire I get the job done. And I created the song, you know, wrote the rhymes right there in the studio, put it down, and it was in the bag. And when Benny Medina heard it, he was like, okay, <laughs> this need to be the first single. I'm like, not before Smooth Operator, bro. <laughs> and I fought Biddy on that one, and that was one of the battles I actually can say that I won. <laughs> but still in all, though, both great records and working with Teddy Riley, I mean, was just, you know, amazing to me. And I think that because of the success with I Get the Job Done, it made Quincy Jones, you know, acknowledge me and say, hey, I want this brother on my new project because he was working on the Back on the Block album. And for the title cut, he wanted to make it a hip hop song. And it featured myself, Kumo D, Melly Mel, Ice-T, and Tevin Campbell. You know, I was just honored to like, cause you like Melly Mel, Kumo D, these are like my idols, my childhood idols that I grew up listening to. And I'm actually gonna be on the same song with them. And Ice-T was my dude. That was like my brother from another mother. So I'm like, you know, this is this is wonderful. And we get in the studio and we're, we're, we're doing the song and you know, it just came out amazing, man. And it was an honor. Like I'm actually on a song produced by Quincy Jones. Back up and give the brother from the left poetry bloom the home. They make a CERN or consume as I reminisce before this, the bliss that exists. But now we brought about the twist. Cause I remember reading of my people bleeding. Put through slavery and killed for bravery. We should have got our freedom much sooner. You never seen a black man on the honeymooners. But now somehow we've learned to earn the growth to show. The elevation of our people built this so. Jesse Jackson, Miss America, a black one. No more living for just a small fraction. I was once told by the dude that knowledge is a food to nourish. So took a clue. This from an Asiatic descendant, Big Daddy is shocked. However, the real production from Quincy Jones came on the second song. 
the tribute to Birdland because um, that was the first time in my entire career that I actually was produced. What I mean by that is the producer telling me what to do, you know, instructed me. Because normally, you know, producer come in, he make his beat, and once he make his beat, I get on it, I rhyme about what I rhyme about. And that's the song. With this, Quincy was like, yo, um, what you know about Sarah Vaughn? I'm like, nothing, really. He's like, what you know about Dizzy Gillespie? And um, Ella Fitzgerald. And I didn't really have much knowledge. So he had his assistant bring black encyclopedias to the studio. And I'm reading, you know, um, through the books and about Ella Fitzgerald, um, James Moody, Dizzy Gillespie, Miles Davis. But while I'm reading, Quincy is right there saying, yeah, the nickname we used to call Miles is such and such. Ella Fitzgerald, her scatting style is just like that fast rapping you do. It has that same rhythmatic pattern, you know, so, you know, such and such. I mean, Quincy's breaking down to me everything that he wants. Everything that he wants me to mention inside the rap, you know, key things that um should be said. So that was the first time in my career to actually have someone really produce me. And it was amazing. <laughs> what a blessing that the first person to really, really produce me would be Quincy Jones. You know, I mean, that was just amazing to me. A voice of choice used just like an instrument. So magnificent. I'm proud to present Devon Sassio, a.k.a. Sarah Bond. Honey, you're on. I'm introducing a Bach revolution in jazz that has pizzazz. Here's one player using it. Ask who is he? First name Dizzy. Last name Gillespie. Now watch him get busy. Allow me to tell a story about Ella Fitzgerald, whose sound can never be sterile. A woman with flexibility of range, making octaves change. Go ahead and do your thing. And then after we finish the Birdland thing, he says, I want Ella to hear this. So he gets on the phone, calls Ella Fitzgerald, and says, Hey, sweetie, I have this rapper named Big Daddy Kane that just said something about you on my new song. I want you to hear it. And he puts me on the phone, says, just go. And I spit the rhyme about Ella Fitzgerald, and I'm doing it, blah, 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 you know. And when I finish, I said, so what you think? And at the time, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, she probably was about 90 years old or something. <laughs> and after I said, so what you think? Ella said, <laughs> she didn't hear nothing I said, <laughs> you know, but I don't give a damn. I rhyme for Ella Fitzgerald, so holla. Did I ever tell you the one about podcast? Did I ever tell you the one about Big Daddy Kane? It's a timeless podcast production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron and MC Search for 4MC Multimedia and the Timeless Podcast Company. Co-executive produced by Eric DJ Eclipse Win for Pay to Win Management. Co-produced by Antonio Hardy and Saquon Johnson. Story contributors were AB Money, Chris Rock, Cliff Love, Disco Richie, courtesy of Divine Sounds, DJ Mr. C, Drip, Grandmaster Kaz, Lionel the Vid Kid Martin, Little Daddy Shane, Master Ace, Ralph McDaniels, Steve Brown, Vaughn Lee, professionally known as Cutmaster Cool V, appears courtesy of BP Entertainment, Hip Hop Hands Foundation, and DJCoolV.com. Lead sound designer, Brett Epic Mazer. Associate sound design, Patrick Garcia. Timeless podcast, immersive sound design voiceover by Tembisa Mashaka. And additional voiceover by special guest, Kim Osario. <laughs>